0: Thanks for tuning in to a Sunday service. This week, we'll hear a message from Pastor Greg Pettigrew. It's at, at work, you feel overlooked. Uh, at home, you feel overlooked. Wherever. Have y'all ever felt like overlooked? I, I, I have. And again, it's not just because I'm short, Right. I have felt overlooked in life. When I um, <laughs> when I first became a staff member at Righteous Oaks, um, had been there very, uh, you know, on staff. I'd graduated my six months in the program, been on staff for a very short time, and uh, Brother David called a staff meeting one morning. And as the staff is walking into this room for the meeting, I come to walk in, and the door gets shut in my face. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I mean, right then, I, I felt overlooked. You know, uh, up here at at coming to you know to embrace, uh, especially at the beginning. You know, when when people would come in and and need benevolence or need to talk to somebody, you know, they'd walk right past me to get to Brother Andy. Which I mean, he is three feet taller than I am, but you know, you you see him a whole lot easier. But but these feelings of being overlooked—it's not something that. That just I have gone through or just you have gone through is something that we've all gone through. And the thing about it is the enemy wants to use this feeling of being overlooked to then cause us to feel undervalued or insignificant. When Brother David shut the door on me at Righteous Oaks, when people would walk past me to get to Brother Andy for something that, that I was actually the first point of contact for, in that moment... That, that, man, they just phew, overlooked me. And, and all, right then, because the enemy's using every little thing he can, right? Right then, it's, man, why are you even doing this? Why are you even here? When I was at righteous, Oak, why'd you stay here? You ain't doing no good. They don't even know that you're here. You know, nobody, nobody cares for you. You know, you, what's the point? And the enemy wants to use that. He wants to use that feeling of being overlooked to make you then feel like you are undervalued, like you are insignificant, like you're nothing, like there's no point in this anyway. What am I even doing this for? But the thing we've got to understand is, in life, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, there's going to be instances where we feel overlooked. You know, there's always going to be somebody who's a little better at the job than you are. There's always going to be somebody, Destry, who's a little bit better looking than you are. There's always going to be somebody... Tasha don't think so, but, you know, Uh, there's always going to be somebody who's a little bit better than you. And so there's always going to be moments that you are going to feel overlooked in life. We have to get used to that. We have to recognize that. It's gone on since the beginning of time. You know, um, as I was thinking about this message and preparing for this message, I started thinking about a guy, you know, I'm, I'm... some of you folks ain't even, wasn't even around in the 1990s, but there was a basketball team in the 1990s, an NBA basketball team I loved, couldn't get enough of, watching the Chicago Bulls. Every, y'all hear that? Is that just me? I'm going to stand over here. Watch the Chicago Bulls all the time. You know, Every time they were on TV back then, they came on WGN almost every single night during, the, during basketball season, you could, you could see the Bulls. I love the Chicago Bulls. And we all know who was the, the, the top guy in the Chicago Bulls. Michael Jordan, right? But there was another player on that team that was an awesome basketball player uh, that was probably one of the best small forwards that has ever played NBA basketball. The dude could, you know, he could run. They called him a point forward. The first time I'd ever heard that term of point forward because he could play the point guard position from his forward position. And his name was Scottie Pippen. You know, and people overlook He's Probably one of the best players in the game at the time. But people overlooked him because you had Michael Jordan. I mean, how could you not focus on Michael Jordan when he's on the court, you know? And and so people just wouldn't even really pay attention to Scottie Pippen. And, you know, and he's not the only one. He's just the the one main one that came to my mind. But there's been so many throughout history, biblically. You know, you think about David in 1 Samuel chapter 16, when Samuel goes to anoint the next king of Israel. God uh, instructs him to go to Jesse To anoint one of his sons to be the next king of Israel. And so he goes to the house of Jesse. He tells Jesse to bring your sons out here. One of them is going to be the next king of Israel. And Jesse brings every son but David. You know, and, and he parades son after son after son in front of Samuel. And every time God says, this ain't him. This ain't him. This ain't him. Never even thought to bring David. Because David was small in stature. David was a young guy. David was overlooked. You know, in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus, it says Jesus went into his hometown of Nazareth and he's preaching and teaching and doing what he does everywhere that he goes. And people start looking at it and they're saying, man, ain't this, ain't this the carpenter's son? Ain't this Mary's son? Ain't this the same guy we saw grow up? Who's he? What's he? They're overlooking Jesus. And we know Jesus, right? They're overlooking Jesus. So you're not the only one who has been overlooked in life. What we've got to do is recognize that being overlooked is just a part of life. It's going to happen from time to time. You know, um, today's scripture, where I want to talk about today, a guy named Shamgar. Some of you probably never even heard of Shamgar. You know, it's in Judges chapter 31. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, it's going to be on the screen. But there's two verses that mention Shamgar in the Bible. This verse... And after him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, which slew of the Philistines 600 men with an ox goad, and he also delivered Israel. This is the only verse in the Bible that speaks directly of Shamgar. There's another verse, Judges 5, 6. In Deborah's song where it says, In the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Yale, the highways were unoccupied and the travelers walked through the byways. This is not even really talking about Shamgar. It's talking about the days of Shamgar, how the, the, the countryside was, how there were uh, you know, so many plunders, so many uh, bandits going around that people couldn't even walk the highways. They had to, to, to travel the byways. They had to, to sneak around. Most of them stayed in the four to five cities. So really that one verse is the only verse that speaks directly of Shamgar, that, that verse in Judges 3.31. And so why do I say Shamgar is overlooked? Because if you read the book of Judges, if you know anything about the book of Judges, there are several people in the book of Judges that you probably have heard of. You may not have heard of Shamgar, but there's Gideon, who is given a couple of chapters in the book of Judges. There's Samson, who we all know. You know, we we grew up on stories of of Samson. You know, he's in the book of Judges. He's given several chapters. Deborah, who this verse is in her song, she's given a couple of chapters as a deliverer. That's what the term judges actually means in Hebrews. It means deliverer. And so we have all of these people. And even the people who were in front of Shamgar in this uh, chapter right here, chapter 3, they're given... Not full chapters, but they're given several verses. So we're seeing all these things about all these different people. And then with Shamgar, we got this one little thing about him, you know? And and what's going on in the book of Judges? This is a time between where. Moses and Joshua led the nation of Israel out of captivity and into the promised land. And then years and years later, when they finally anoint Saul to be the first king of Israel, in between that was the time of Judges. Judges 21, 25 tells us why we have that. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. That's really the, the summation of the book of Judges. This verse is the summation of what's going on in the book of Judges, that in the time of Judges, man... The the, the children of Israel would do what was right in their own eyes. And so uh, God would allow an enemy to come in and and, and persecute them for a while and, and overtake them for a while. And things would happen like in the days of Shamgar. Things would happen and they would have to cry out to God and God would raise up a judge to deliver them from their distress, to deliver them from the the danger that they were in, to deliver them from what was going on. So all through the book of Judges, things were bad, right? And every time when God would raise up somebody to deliver Israel, you know, with Shamgar, this is the thing. Just because he got less playtime than everybody else in this book does not mean he was less of a deliverer than everybody else in this book. You know, we, we all think because we're overlooked, we're not fit, we're not suited, we're not able or capable to do what God has called us to do. You know, there's so many times that I have been, since I've been a pastor, that, that, that I have had this feeling, this, 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 this thought of being overlooked, you know, because this is not just, uh, it's right there. Don't go right there. Um this 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 thought of being overlooked it 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 comes and goes constantly it feels like. You know every time somebody that I think should come to me with something goes to somebody else the enemy uses that. Every time this is not just being a pastor you know this is my job so it's just like some of you it's your jobs you know when you feel like you should get that promotion or or you should be in line for that job or you should be leading that crew. Or you should be doing this whatever thing you've got your eyes and your mind set on, and then somebody else steps in and does it. The enemy tries to use that. You should just quit this job. You should just get out of here. You ain't, you ain't valued here. That's what he wants you to do. He wants you to feel like there's no value to your life. And so we, we allow that to happen, but we've got to recognize just because we're overlooked does not mean that we're undervalued. Just because you're overlooked doesn't make you less valuable. You know, uh, Scotty Pippen, (laughs) I I talked about at the beginning how he was overlooked. You all know, and and people always say, well, Scotty never won a championship without Michael Jordan. You know, they won six championship rings together. For those of you all who don't know, they won the NBA championship six times. And so people always say that when you talk about Scottie Pippen being a good player, they say, well, he never won a ring without Michael Jordan. Well, guess what? Michael Jordan never won a ring without Scottie Pippen either. You know? Uh, You think about David. Uh, They looked over him and looked over him and looked over him. The, 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 The story that most of us know that really brought David onto the scene was when David went to deliver sack lunches to his brothers when they were all backing down and cowering down to one man in the Philistine army, a giant named Goliath. And and they said, you can't do nothing about it. You know, Saul even said, you can't go down there. And David said, oh yeah, I can, right? We know what David did. David actually, just because David was overlooked doesn't mean that he was less valuable. David actually became possibly the greatest king Israel ever had. You know, Jesus being overlooked in his hometown of Nazareth that didn't make Jesus any less the Savior that we know Him to be. Jesus went on to do miracle after miracle after miracle. He went on to, 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 to heal people here and heal people there and, and, and do whatever needed to be done up until the point that Jesus died on a cross for you and for me. And that's what He did then is still doing something today. Just because He was overlooked never made Him less valuable. We've got to understand this. I may be overlooked, but I am valuable. God says I'm valuable. I know that I'm valuable. The Word tells me that I'm valuable. John 3.16 tells me exactly how valuable I am. That God so loved me that He sent His one and only Son. That's how valuable I am. That's how valuable you are. I don't care how many times you've been overlooked in life you are just as valuable as everybody else. We can't let the enemy get us with this thought, this, this thing that, man, I'm just nothing. You know, I'm, I've never been nothing. I'm never going to be nothing. You know, I've never been the one to step up and do what needs to be done when there's a problem because, because I have that mindset. I've been overlooked so many times. God can't use me. But I think we can learn some things from this today. I think we can learn some things from Shamgar today. I, I, I think if we watch and see what Shamgar did, we, we can recognize how we can be successful, how we can recognize that we are valuable to God. Just because we don't feel like we're mentioned a lot, just because we don't feel like we're getting the recognition that we should, just because we feel like sometimes we're bypassed and, and somebody else is the one that everybody goes to, I'm going to tell you right now, God doesn't never bypass you. God looks directly at you and tells you how valuable you are to Him. And so I think from this story of Shamgar, it says, you know, after him was Shamgar, after Ahud, after the, the judge before him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, which slew fifth, the, the Philistines, 600 men with an ox goad. And he also, so this guy, Shamgar, he's out just doing what he does. He's out just tending his cattle, just pushing his cattle, driving his cattle. You know, everybody else is hiding. Everybody else is, is scared. Everybody else is in the fortified cities. Everybody else is hiding in the woods. Uh, Shamgar's doing what Shamgar does. He says, there's, there's something that needs to be done. I'm going to do what needs to be done. And so we, a problem arises where 600 Philistines, he looks up and on the horizon, there comes 600 Philistines. Most people in that instance, most of us in that instance would do just like everybody else. We would run. We would hide. That's what most of us do when problems come into our lives. That's what most of us do when circumstance gets a little tougher than we think we can handle. That's what most of us do when, when things ain't going just exactly the way that we think they should go. We look up and we see a problem on the horizon. And so the first thing, we, we, we look for the best place to hide. We look for the quick fix. We look for somebody else to do it. I don't know how many times in my life and probably in your life that I've seen somebody on the side of the road or somebody at Walmart or somebody somewhere in life that needed a helping hand. And in my mindset, well, the next person will get them. The next person will help them. I, I'm, I'm, I got stuff to do right now. I'm I'm busy. Never been that busy in my life. If, if y'all know me, I don't ever get busy. You know, I don't, I don't do much. Brother Andy can tell you, I don't do hardly anything. A lot more than him, but I still don't do a lot of anything. Um, but we all have that mindset that somebody else can do it. Somebody else can meet that need. Somebody else can step up right here. God has not called you to run from your problems. God has not called you to back down from a situation. God has called you to stand up. God has called you to stand out. God has called you to be a difference. God has called you to make a change. God has called you to recognize your value to him. So I think the first thing that we can learn from Shamgar in this situation is that we can all start where we are. For Shamgar, he didn't, you know, he didn't wait for things to change. He didn't wait, you know, hide behind a rock until the Philistines were gone. He didn't, uh, you, you know, run home and say, man, I'm, somebody else going to go out there and handle that problem. He started where he was, you know. And this is the thing about it. So many of us, we have so many excuses about why we can't do a thing. You know, you, you don't know my past. You don't know my situation, you know. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what your social or economical status is. It doesn't matter what race you are, what sex you are, what side of the tracks you grew up on. None of it doesn't matter how much money you got. None of that matters. You know, God not only wants you, he wants to use you. He don't care what you did 10 years ago. He don't care what you did 10 minutes ago. He wants to use you right now in this moment. He didn't raise this thing up in front of you for you to walk around it. God says, you see a hole, you need to fill that hole. For Shamgar, he saw something. Come. Hey, there's 600 Philistines on the horizon. I could back down, I could run off like everybody else. God said, that ain't what we're doing today, son. We're standing up, we're doing something about this. You know, most of us, the reason most of us fail in life or fail in a situation is because we never even start. You know, my, my wife, we've been married for two years and two months now. And she's been asking me to work out and I've been promising her I was going to work out every day for two years and two months. But you know what? I failed at that because I never started at that. Right. I like food too much. I like to sit down in my recliner too much. You know, I like to take it easy because, again, I get so busy. I get so busy. I just need a break sometimes. You know, but this is that we fail because we never even try. So many, we're, we're so worried about becoming someone special. God says, you ain't got to become someone special. You already are someone special. You're so worried about becoming something better, something more. You ain't got to become something better. All you got to do is let Jesus Christ come into your life and you are better. Amen. Right? Oof, man, he fired up. Shamgar was out just working his cattle, just doing his thing. You know, And still, when this problem arose, he didn't back down. He stood up. It's time for us to stop backing down. It's time for us to start where we are. There's so many people in the Bible that we can look at and see the example of and we can learn from. Not just Shamgar. There's a guy in, in, in what well, starts in, in Exodus, but Joshua chapter one, verse nine. I love Joshua. Joshua stepping up after Moses. Man, everybody knew who Moses was. right? Everybody, Moses was the guy. Moses was the one that led God's people out of captivity, led them. You know, they cried out for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years and the man that God sent was Moses. And so everybody looked to Moses. When when they had problems, just like a lot of us, we would have, you know, we want to look to Brother Andy. You want to look to, to the elders. You want to look to somebody. God said, don't look. To them. They can help you, but I want you to do something. God God wants you to start where you are. For Joshua, man, look, look, before I get to that, I want to share something in, in Exodus chapter 33. And I don't have these verses up because the Lord gave me this yesterday while I was sitting there thinking about this. Exodus chapter 33, verse 8 says, And it came to pass when Moses went out under the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood, every man at his tent door, and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose up and worshiped every man in his tent in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp. So all of this, everybody, when Moses got up, people was watching Moses. People were focused on Moses. People were watching to see what God was gonna do with Moses, right? Because Moses was the one. You know, he was the one that everybody focused on. He was the Michael Jordan. He was the the brother Andy in my life. You know, he, he was that guy, that one that everybody looked to him and that verse finishes saying, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. You know, everybody's so focused on Moses, it never even brings up Joshua until it says to Joshua, hey, he's in the tent with Moses. And Moses comes out and Joshua don't because Joshua is so fixated. Joshua is so stayed on God, you know, that they, he doesn't even want to leave the tent. He, 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 you know, everybody's looking over him. Everybody's overlooking him to look at Moses. But Joshua recognizes his value, his value to God, his value to stay in the presence of God, his desire to be right there with God. You know, this has been so easy for Joshua in the instance when Moses passes away and it's time for a new leader to step up. It would have been so easy for Joshua to say, man, there's nobody that can do what Moses did. There's nobody that can feel Moses' shoes. I can't do this. And and those statements would have been right. There is nobody that can feel Moses' shoes. You can't feel somebody else's shoes. You got to feel your shoes, right? God didn't call you and create you to feel somebody else's shoes. God didn't call me and bring me to Embrace for me to be Andy Bowles. He called me and brought me to Embrace to be Greg Pettigrew. Right, Every one of you, God brought you, he created you on purpose, with purpose. It's time for you to stand up, recognize that purpose. Stop backing down when things look tough. Stop saying there's somebody else that's a little bit better. There's somebody else that can do this uh, in a greater capacity than I can. There's somebody else. Stop saying there's somebody else and recognize that God wants you. For Joshua, it would have been so easy, just like it is for us. It's so easy to back down. That's the easy play. That's the easy thing to do. That's that's man. Oh, I, I just I can just get back up a little bit. Nobody even know I'm here. You know. That's that's what we do. We back up. We we try to blend in. We try to get in the back of the crowd because we think it's for somebody else. But Joshua, because he stayed in the tent... Because he was so fixated on God, when it became time, God spoke a word directly to them. And he said, have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goest. God said, look, I ain't asking you to do something on your own. I'm telling you, you ain't got to be dismayed. You ain't got to be scared. You ain't got to be nothing but what I'm calling you to be. Because I'm going to be right there in it with you. I'm not sending you to do something that I ain't going to go with you to do. How can we start where we are when there, we, we, we know we've always been overlooked? We know that we've, we felt undervalued. We felt insignificant. Why is God asking me to do this? Because he called you to do it. We've got to get to this place where we are so fixated. We're so enamored of God. We're so focused on God. Our hearts are so fixed on God that this, everything else doesn't matter. When God calls you to do something, all you want to do is obey. You want to trust Him, you want to obey Him, you want to listen to Him, you want to do what He's called you to do. It doesn't matter how many times in life you've been overlooked, it doesn't matter how many times the enemy's told you, You're nothing. I've been there, I felt like nothing, I believed that I was nothing every year of my addiction all 15 years of my addiction all the years that I was lost i became exactly what the world and the enemy told me that i was i let those labels become me and then god said no you're something different you're new you're a new creation <laughs> we don't have we can start where we are because we just like joshua we don't have to fear we don't have to be dismayed. When your heart is stayed on God, he can make plowmen into judges. He can write Samgar's out there. He's just a plowman. He's just a cattleman. He turns him into a judge. He can turn fishermen into apostles. Right? He can turn drug addicts into pastors. Right? He can turn convicts into leaders of jail ministry. Right? He can take alcoholics and make them worship leaders. Right? He can take heroin addicts and make them uh, directors of a recovery center. Right? God can do this. When you recognize, I ain't got to back down no more. I understand people have overlooked me for a long time, but God never stopped over. He never stopped looking directly at me. God doesn't overlook me. God doesn't undervalue me. God recognizes me that he created me. The Bible says in Jeremiah, before I was formed in my mother's womb, he knew me, right? He knew I was going to mess up. He knew I was going to make mistakes. And still, he called me. He, he appointed me to be, a uh, uh, uh oh, man, huh? <laughs> God knows you better than you know yourself. He knows all the junk you've done. And he says, still, I I don't just want you, I want to use you. It's time for us to start where we're at. We ain't got to wait till we get to a certain age in life. We ain't got to wait till we get to a certain point. We ain't got to wait till we've been to church uh, this many times or we've read this many books of the Bible or we've, we've prayed this much or we've fasted this amount. God says, No, you start right now. Start right where you're at. You see a, a hole, you feel that role. You see a need, jump in there and meet it. Stop waiting on everybody else to do it. It's time for us to do what we got to do. You know, And it's not just about starting where you are. Then you use what you have. Use what you have. Look right here. This, this okay, this is not an ox goad for those of y'all who aren't certain about this, okay? This is Brother Andy's trash picker upper. But it is similar. An ox goad was a stick probably a little bit longer than this, six to eight, maybe sometimes even 10 feet long. It had a, a curved blade on one end that was used to clean the plow share. And on the other end, it had a, a, a metal tip, kind of like this, but, but a little bit bigger, uh, that was used to pride the cattle along to get them to go where you wanted them to go. You know, to do what you wanted them to do. And so this is what, something a little bit bigger than this, is what... Shamgar has, right? And there's 1,600 Philistines... Coming in to do no—they ain't coming to do some good, you know. They're not coming to to do a food drive, you know. <laughs> they're not coming to see how they can help, you know, fix up your your, your roof or something on your house. They come in to plunder. They come in to, to ravage. They come in to hurt somebody. So they're dressed, you know, for battle. They're they got swords. They got shields. They got spears. They got whatever coming in to the to an enemy territory, ready to do some damage, you know. And so. Shamgar just takes his stick. You know, I could probably do the same thing. Look how good I am with this. I could, I could probably do it. Some, y'all probably couldn't, but I probably could. But that's just because I'm trained. I'm, I'm, I'm trained in, in multiple different uh, fighting styles. But this, God takes, what the world calls is unusable. God takes it. It doesn't matter how weak the weapon, if it is God that strengthens the arm, right? We 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 know that. Just like I was talking about with drug addicts becoming pastors and becoming leaders in a recovery center, and and criminals becoming jail ministry leaders, and all of these things that God can do. We are people that God that the world says is completely unusable to do the things of God. You know, I, I, I there's a a meme of a. Uh, 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 a picture of a guy who's got tattoos all over him and he's wearing his biker jacket and he's got, look like Brother Dave. (laughs) That's who he looks like. Looks like Brother Dave from Righteous Oaks. And he's sitting there reading his Bible and then you got a couple of people over here in suits, you know, glancing at him out of the corner of their eye. And a a lady and her little kid over there and and, and the bubbles above their head is, you ain't no Christian. God can't use you, you know. And he's over there with kind of that that mindset of that guy when the Pharisee was praying, Lord, don't let me be like him. And and the, the tax collectors down there, Lord, help me. I'm a sinner, you know. Change. I, th- th- this is the mindset of so many people. God can use those that the world says are unusable. The ones that, that everybody else, all the, the, the church-going folks say they shouldn't be in my church. Send them to embrace, baby. Because we, we ain't gonna just let them come and, 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 and chill out. We're gonna recognize that God's called them to something, right? We're gonna put them to it if they're willing to do it. If they're willing to start where they're at, if they're willing to use what they have. So for Shamgar, he's got a stick with a point on one end and a little curved blade on the other. 600 Philistines come against him. I'm not talking about six. I'm not, look, we got probably a, a little over 100 people in this room. So multiply this by five, six times, right? And y'all come at me right now and see how many of y'all I can take out. But that's Shamgar. He said, I ain't, I ain't backing down. I'm gonna use what God has given me to use because God has given us all something, right? We all think that it's really nothing. Then. Look, put up there, First 1 Corinthians 1 27. This is what it says. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Those people out there who think you got to have something big and bad and, and, and boisterous to do what God has called you. God says, no. It, because it ain't you that's doing it, it's me. Right? Exodus 14, 14 says God's going to fight your battles for you. Right? It ain't about you. It ain't about how insignificant you think what you got is. It's about you letting God use what you have right now. It doesn't matter how weak you think it is. What, what do you, so what do you have that God can use? That's the question you need to be asking yourself right now. What do I have that, you, that God can use? It doesn't matter how insignificant you think it is. When God pleases, he can do more with an ox goad than you can do with the mightiest of swords. What do you have? You have a voice. For a long time, that, that was my thing. I was shy. I was. I was shy. I thought there's no way I will ever speak in front of people. My mom used to tell me I was going to be a pastor. I told her, I, I nearly slapped her one time. they was like, lady, you crazy. Don't ever speak that over me. God, but God, but God, whatever little insignificant thing you have, you think it's insignificant, God says, I want it. I'm going to do something more with it than you ever. Ephesians 3.20 says he can do more than all we, uh, uh, more than all we could ask or imagine. Huh? You give it to God and watch what he does. Whether it's your voice, whether it's just your hands, your heart, your house, your car, whatever. Hey, there's people out there that need picked up to come to church, do a, 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 a taxi ministry. You know, there's, there's something you can do. Stop thinking what you have is insignificant. If, if Shamgar would have thought, man, all I got's a stick. All I got's a stick. I can't do nothing with a stick. Them do. got swords. They got spears. They got shields. What am I going to do against that? He wasn't thinking about all I got's a stick. He was thinking, man, I got God. Huh? The stick was insignificant. God wasn't. And when God gets on the scene, what you thought was insignificant becomes the best thing you could possibly have. Because he's going to use it. He's going to do something with it. You just got to start where you're at. You got to use what you got. Then you got to do what you can. That's where a lot of us are falling short. We're not doing what we can. Because we're not starting where we're at. Because we're not using what we got. We're never getting to the point where we can do what we can. Philippians 4.13. We all know that verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So many times we we say that, but we don't live that. Paul, in this instance, what he's talking about, he said, look, whether you're abased or whether you abound, he said, I've learned to be content. I've learned whatever I have. It don't matter if I have little. It don't matter if I have much. It don't matter if if I got nothing at all. I'm going to use whatever I have to the glory of God. I'm going to do what I can, right? You can do anything Because if the Lord is with you, it's not you doing it anyway. That's what Paul is telling you right now. Shamgar did what he... Hey, because he did what he could, because he started where he was, he used what he had, he did what he could, we know him now as Deliverer, just like Gideon, just like uh, uh, Samson, Just like Deborah, all these people that have all of these chapters devoted to them. Shamgar has one verse that is devoted directly about him. And he delivered Israel just as much as they did. Because he allowed God to use him. What Wasn't him, wasn't what he had, it was God inside of him. So many of us, we're looking at the problems in front of us and forgetting about the God inside of us. It's time for us to start doing what God has called us to do. It don't matter how stacked against you the odds may look. You know, it don't matter if you think you're surrounded. Right? I may be surrounded. Hmm? It may look like I'm surrounded. But I'm surrounded by Him. That's where my mind has got to go. That's where my heart has got to get. Stop backing down. Stop waiting on everybody else to do what I can do, what God has called me to do. It's time for me to step up, be just who God has called me to be. If it's pastor, it's pastor. If it's friend to somebody at Walmart who needs a friend, then it's friend. If it's helper, then it's helper. If it's a voice, then it's a voice. If it's a a, a car ride, then that's what it is, a car ride. But do whatever God has put in front of you to do. Stop bypassing the things in life that God wants you to stand up and do. You're wondering where the blessings are and you ain't never doing nothing to get them. So many of us, we think we just go to church, you know. We get God's blessings. We just accept Jesus, we get God's blessings. And you do get the blessing of everlasting life, but you ain't gonna get the... Ever flowing, overflowing blessings of when you are serving God with everything that you are and giving Him everything that you have. So, this is what I'm telling you today start where you're at, use what you've got, do what you can, do what you can with what you have for His glory. It's time.